Welcome everyone to the second episode of the Johnny Chronicles. I'm your host, Nick Perizzino, and today we have an exciting lineup as usual for you. We are diving into the various ways people consume cannabis, checking out the hottest new releases, discovering fun facts about cannabis from around the world, getting a little bit educated, and revealing what's been flying off the shelves this week. So sit back, relax, and let's embark on this journey through the world of cannabis. This week, I spoke with John Perizzino, a bilingual customer care representative for Tilray Medical. Let's see why he uses cannabis. How do you typically consume cannabis? I personally prefer vaporization, whether that's in a dab format or using a dry flower vaporizer, uh, simply because it's minimizing the inhalation risks that are inherent with uh, inhaled cannabis. How would you explain a vaporizer to someone who has never seen one? Okay, so think of the difference between setting your food on fire versus using an oven to cook it. Cannabis vaporizers use an oven to cook the herb, which brings the cannabis up to a boiling point or sublimation, if you will, which is not something that I can explain very, very well, nonetheless. It's essentially boiling the cannabinoids without burning them. So you inhale the vapor and none of the fire. If you had to choose one category of cannabis to smoke. Why do you think you'd be more inclined towards a THC dominant strain, a CBD dominant strain, or a balanced ratio of both? Choosing one, it would definitely be balanced, simply because there's too many times where THC only won't get the job done. It's not always what I'm looking to use. I can always take a little bit of THC and adding CBD to it makes a very, very mellow high, so it won't be as sedating for me at night, but it will certainly do the trick for the most part. How would you describe the importance of microdosing and precise measurements to someone who has never used cannabis before? Medically, we would say always start low and go slow. And that's simply because you can always take more, but once you've taken it, you can't take less. Cannabis is psychoactive, especially the THC portion, which means it changes your brain's chemistry and how you perceive things. That can lead to a very poor experience for a first-timer, including vomiting or cannabis-onset psychosis in rare cases. How familiar are you with terpenes, and what specific flavors do you find most appealing in cannabis products? I'm very, very familiar with terpenes, and uh, as far as flavors go, I like a wide variety of it. I can go from the candy-tasted strains, the the bakery strains, and the, oh my god, I can't believe that you're going to smoke fat strains. And I like them all for different reasons. I enjoy sampling different strains of cannabis with different terpene combinations for the same reason that a wine drinker will enjoy different types of wine with different bouquets. What is your experience with exploring alternative consumption methods like concentrates or infused beverages? I've tried them all at one point or another. I'm not fortunate enough to have edibles work on me. It's not a tolerance thing in all likelihood. It is an enzyme that exists that destroys cannabinoids very, very quickly. So I've tried the infused beverages, which will also work sublingually to a smaller extent. So you can get a very, very, very mild buzz because it will work a little bit 
and then the liver will eliminate it from there. And concentrates are really my preferred way. It is cleanest, it is the tastiest, and you use the least amount to get exactly where you're going. Do you prefer indica, sativa, or hybrid strains, and why? They don't exist in that definition anymore. I like strains that have a variety of different effects. So I, I don't think that I would have one that I would choose different terpene profiles and if you want to group them into different genetics i think it's probably the best way or chemotypes and there's not one that i prefer i like a wide variety i don't choose one over another i choose what i happen to want to taste that day i'll sniff a strain and if that's what i want to have at that moment my body tells me "Ooh, that one's good let's go that's how i do it what are you using cannabis for are there specific effects you seek from cannabis such as relaxation creativity pain relief improved focus yeah uh, i use cannabis initially to help break through depression and now i use it mainly for stress relief i use it in place of an antidepressant I generally will microdose over the course of the day to maintain mood stability. And then at nighttime, it will definitely help me go to sleep as well. How open are you with the fact that you consume? Uh, I work for a medical cannabis company, so I do discuss it on a daily basis. And while I'm not allowed to make recommendations, I can draw from my own experience to help a, a patient relate to me a little bit better. So I'm very, very open and uh, I would consider myself a very vocal ambassador for cannabis used responsibly. How would you explain what kind of cannabis product you're looking for to a bud tender? Depend on the day, but I would likely be very, very specific. I'm the type of person who will either know what I'm going for when I'm going in, and I will tell them exactly what I'm looking for, or if I'm going in on a whim, I'll probably ask them for their favorite. How would you describe terpenes to someone who has never heard of them? I would liken them to essential oils, which we've all heard as a, a big fad a couple of years back. You can consider terpenes essential oils. It's They're, they're the same thing. You can find uh, limonene in lemongrass. You'll find uh, terpenes in peppermint oil. You'll find terpenes in clove oil. Mint contains terpenes. Any herb will contain terpenes. Uh, hops contains terpenes. Myrcene, which is the most dominant one in cannabis, hops are related to cannabis. We can go on, but I would just say terpenes are an essential oil that gives cannabis its smell and taste. Now, I hinted at it earlier, but get ready for caniculture. <coughs> in this segment, we talk about how cannabis is viewed in pop culture. This week, we take a gander at Pineapple Express, The Strain, and the movie. Pineapple Express is a polarizing movie. Stoners rejoice. Some non-smokers love it, but others think it's a cheesy stoner flick. Personally, I don't think it necessarily helped the stigma around cannabis, but it also didn't hinder it. Seth Rogen himself isn't subtle about him consuming, considering he's been funding Alzheimer's research and references several studies concerning the effect of CBD combined with THC on crucial neuronal cells protecting against neurotoxicity and oxidization stress, two key factors in memory retention. But let's get back on the subject. Pineapple Express is one of the better selling cannabis strains because of the movie, though. As a sativa dominant hybrid around 60 to 40 percent with a thc ranging from 18 to 25 percent it's a very good choice for daytime use with a very affordable price point good supply at tilray medical company sells three different pineapple express products they sell the vape cartridges three different sizes of flower bags and pre-rolls if someone's looking for a nice cheap one gram pre-roll and doesn't want to spend more than nine dollars pineapple express is a go-to recommendation for me 
It isn't as popular as the Zhang Yi by the same company, but it doesn't fly under the radar by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I've always wondered how other countries deal with cannabis, and I know last episode I spoke about how Amsterdam dealt with it. But I didn't go into how it came to be. Cannabis, while available in North America, did not originate here. Its first recorded uses were in Central Asia and Western China for its alleged healing properties. This was first documented as medicine in 2800 BC by Emperor Shen Nong, the father of Chinese medicine. Hindu legend says that Shiva was named the Lord of Bong, spelt B-H-A-N-G, because the cannabis plant was his favorite food. Ancient Hindus would believe that the medicinal benefits were blessings from the Shiva when they pleased him, and that fevers were attributed to hot breath of the gods, or a sign of the gods' annoyance and anger at the afflicted person. Cannabis use in rites were said to appease the gods and thus reduce the fever. It spread quickly around the Arabian countries, being featured in one of the manuscripts of Arabian Nights. It was likely brought to Europe later in history during Napoleon's expedition of Egypt. European doctors began to experiment with hashish and decided it proved beneficial, and therefore the shipments of hash to Europe increased. Only around the second half of the 19th century did cannabis begin to start booming in North America. Europe and the US's pharmaceutical companies began manufacturing tinctures and extracts with some patented medication containing these preparations of the plant. Coming around to the 20th century though, pharmaceuticals began replacing cannabis byproducts with vaccines, sleeping drugs, and other lab-made compounds like aspirin. The 60s brought a connection between alternative lifestyles and cannabis, further enforcing the idea that cannabis is a recreational drug. And for our final segment, we'll be discussing the best-selling products from my workplace with the statistics courtesy of my boss. Thanks, John. Now, the best sellers where I live could vary from yours due to different distributors, so if I missed your favorite strain, make sure to leave us a comment and I'll be sure to try it out. For flower this week, the ounce of blue iguana is what's sold the most. I don't know why, but I assume it's because we haven't brought in Weed Me's blue iguana flower in a while. We've had it in the milled, I want to say, indica 7s and 14s, but I don't think I had seen the flower aside from the ounce we have now. Now, for vape cartridges, the top two were the Missionary Mango and the Cheeky Cherry by Not Safe For Work. These cartridges, I have been told, are incredible. They are made with liquid diamond, so it's extracting the THC crystals from a pressed flower using a solvent, and then reinserting those THC crystals in liquid form into a cartridge. This is what allows them to have 92 to 94% THC in their cartridges every single time. Number three on the list, though, is surprising, considering it's the PAX 4-pack of general admission vapes. The most popular concentrates this week are the Indica OS Hash, the Alien OG Distillate or Disti Dabber, and the Pink Kush Shatter by Rad. Now, for drinks, we have the Bubble Kush, which has been selling phenomenally. Both the root beer flavors and the original cola flavors are selling incredibly well. And we also have the Neon Rush line, so the Cali Blast and the Neon Rushes. They taste like Mountain Dew. They're incredible. They're infused a very different way from the majority of other brands, so they're supposed to work faster. For pre-rolls, the OS Indica is still at the top, following very closely by Tiger Blood and Grapey Grape by General Admission. Those two are both infused, whereas the top is a 12-pack of half-gram joints, 0.6-gram joints, 
of original stashes either sativa blend or indica blend. Last but not least though, the most popular edibles for this week are the Chowie Wowie THC chocolates and the Redican Gems 10 to 0 for THC. This has been the second episode of the Johnny Chronicles, and I just want to thank you all so much for listening. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe on all streaming platforms and share this with your friends. Finally, this is a reminder to always respect people around you and your local laws concerning cannabis. Do not under any circumstance operate any machinery when under the influence of cannabis, including edibles. Not everyone smokes or enjoys the smell, so make sure to be considerate before you light that doobie and stay safe, everyone.